0: Hi there, folks. My name is Emily, and I'm Elp. And this is Oh My Word, a podcast where we discuss the content of books, movies, musicals, and TV shows, so that you can make more informed decisions about what you consume.
1: Yes, and then we put on our white lab coats and our our safety goggles, and we run it through our very highly technical Pearl Clutching Scale uh, for violence, language, and romance scale of zero to four, zero being very good, and four being very not good.
0: Very not good. Very not good. You you went a little British
1: at the end there. Very, 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 blocked.
0: Yes. And
1: what does it have to do with anything? I don't know.
0: Well, nothing in particular, but now I'm a little bit stuck on the whole British thing, so (laughs) I really don't know how to get out of it. It's just so hard, you know, because you just do it, and then you just want to keep doing it. It's like when you are listening to someone speaking with an accent, you want to keep listening to them. And when you do it, it's like, I don't, how do I even talk, you know? Right. What is my voice? Who am I? That also has nothing to do with anything.
1: I'm trying to wait for you to set up a segue, but it's not happening. Oh, actually, (laughs) that's a negative segue I just got. That's not happening is the way the end of the movie feels for this book adaptation (laughs) of Moneyball. All
0: right, walk me through that one. Okay, okay, here's the deal.
1: Moneyball is a book that came out a very long time ago. Not that long ago. It came out a while ago um, by Michael Lewis. Now, just to tell you for a second for Michael Lewis... I guess you could call this stuff almost like narrative nonfiction. It's nonfiction, but a mm-hmm. lot of it reads like a novel. So it's very, you're not just, you know, you're not reading an encyclopedia. You're, you're reading a story. He finds a story to focus on. There's also, I don't know what his magic is, but a lot of his books have been adapted to film. They're, they're, big, sellers, they're big sellers when they come out, and they also have been adapted. So like The Blind Side, that's Michael Lewis. And The Big Short, that's also Michael Lewis. Mm. And Mighty Ball, also Michael Lewis. I don't know if he has any others. I mean, he has more books. I don't know if he has any other adaptations, but getting, even just getting three for an author, especially if you're narrative nonfiction, that's a big deal. Okay. Yeah. So they adapted Moneyball to film, as we just said. I don't really know why they did that because when you're reading the book, everything makes sense as far as the, the story that he's following and the facts and the details that he's following. But in the film, by the time you get to the end of it and you see you know where they're going, whatever, and you're waiting for this like big moment to occur right because that's we have to have the culmin, the culminating moment like the climax of it it like it doesn't like cut it you don't feel like you're just like okay i don't really get it and that even though i had read the book i still felt like that with the film because hmm. the the book is mainly about how the Oakland A's the baseball team the Oakland Athletics um, it's how they're trying they it's how they what they re- reimagined about the ba- the, 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 the what they about the game of baseball and the fa- and in the recruiting so you had this manager who took, like, a whole new approach to recruiting, trying to build a team of a lot of, like – instead of finding, like, like a lot of big-name players to build a team around, he was going to build a team around a lot of, like, no-names. But, like, you know, the way you'd call, like, the scrappy, hard-working kind of people, hungry for their shots sort of thing. So he built this this team of, like, no – I don't want to say, quote-unquote, like, no-name kind of people, and they ended up going this massive winning streak. So he was kind of, like um, – validating and vindicating the, in, the, in the decision he had made. But in the, uh, and he kind of, he, he changed things because of that. But in the movie, you like, you want it to end with them winning the World Series or something like that. Or like someone hits right. like a massive whatever. And that's not what it ends with. It just ends with them on their winning streak, which just because it's the middle of the season, it just feels like, like not anything. Anyway, that was the segue. That was me explaining everything with the segue.
0: I guess that's the interesting thing about when you're doing nonfiction if you do about something like i think i mentioned this recently but i read um killing lincoln which is about the assassination of lincoln this is not quite the same thing but it's like even though it's narrative non it was narrative nonfiction and you're caught up in the story but you also know the end (laughs) so it doesn't have quite the same punch as a regular thriller would have because you know what's going to happen but then also sometimes there isn't a big end because it's real life and sometimes real life doesn't come together in like these great explosive exciting packages or neatly tied little bows that movies come in so like Moneyball, yeah you're right you want them to win the world series you want there to be something and then the fact is not only did they not win the world series that year they still haven't won it and they keep getting close like this formula that he uses for getting you're right like consistent hard-working players so that they're consistently doing well and like they win you know their record is like more wins than losses but it hasn't gotten them to a world series yet but at the end I mean I guess it's kind of like a documentary sometimes documentaries don't really come together they just sort of show you the process and then at the end they tell you what happens because at the end it says the Red Sox take on this idea In fact, they want to hire – it's Billy Bean, the A's manager. They want to hire him, and he turns it down to stay, like, close to his daughter, and he likes his team. But they take on this theory, and then they win the World Series the next year. And they – like, the Red Sox historically had not won the World Series. It was like – people thought there was a curse on them from, like, the early 20th century. So – Right. So, curse of the Bambino, right? When they sold Babe
1: Ruth for the dollar. He was a pitcher then still. He was actually a very good pitcher. But, mm. yeah, oh, I forgot his name, Billy Bean. Oh, yeah, so uh, our scale, so violence is a zero, language is a four, romance is a zero, which yeah, is true. So, like, they're swearing in it, but outside of that, there's none of the other stuff is there. And they still made this massive film out of it. Just goes to show.
0: Yeah, right? It goes to show that you don't need, and the cursing, I mean, it, you know, it's, it's a lot of cursing, so this is not a kid's movie, but it does go to show that, like, you don't, a good story is a good story, right? You don't need to add in, like violence, language, and romance, especially in the way that we talk about it, but sort of in general in movies, a lot of those things are extras. I mean, some of them have to be there. If you're watching a war movie, there's going to be violence, right? If you're watching Romeo and Juliet, there's going to be romance. So there's certain things, certain places and times where the violence and romance have to be included. But a lot of times, Like, you know, you think of, well, Marvel movies, I know there's going to be violence, but like all the extra explosions, right? Like some of this stuff is just peppered in because it adds, but you don't really need it. I mean, this was a very compelling story. There's like a little bit of, it's not really romance. He has an ex-wife, Billy Bean, and you see his daughter, but like there's, but it's just, they happen to be ex-wives. So there's no actual romance going on. The only real personal relationship he has is with his Daughter, you know, and that's one of the things you see him trying to like kind of become a better person and become a little bit closer to the players instead of just this manager who apparently gets to hire and fire with. It's kind of interesting. Sometimes you see him, he'll like get on the phone and call managers from other teams. He tells the secretary like, Hey, Brenda or whatever her name is, get me Michael Green. And all of a sudden he's talking to the manager of the Yankees or, you know, so he's talking to all these people and it's like, Hey, you want this guy? I'll give you this guy. And then sometimes it's that quick. And then sometimes there's, you know, this convoluted, I'll trade you this guy, you know, and then the Cincinnati Reds will get this guy and then Boston will get this guy. But he tries to become, I think, a little bit of a better person, closer to the players, more personable. So there is a little bit of character growth.
1: Yeah. Well, it's funny. When you mentioned with the trades, it's like like when kids try to trade, like if they're trading cards they're trading like whatever the, the toy of the day is. Like I care with you, right. and you trade with this person, and I, whatever. You know, it's also too It's like Rummy Cub. You know when you're trying to get that those last two three pieces yeah, out, yes. so you have to redo the entire board just to get one two three pieces out. That's like these baseball trades of these like really complex. It's like the adult version of it. Yeah. They yeah. Also, also for this one, they lined up like a really a cast of like really big names, right? They got I think Brad Pitt pays uh, is uh, Billy Bean. right? You got mm-hmm. Jonah Hill, Chris Pratt. Well, I think. Well, I get. I don't know how big Chris Pratt was then. Well, he probably was. Philip Seymour Hoffman. I think Jonah Hill. This is one of his one of his first big like dramas, not comedy dramas, mm. right? I don't. Oh, it came out two thousand eleven. Yeah, yeah so, so like ten years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I think also I don't. I think he was moving into dramas then, and not just these kind of like raunchy uh, romances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like they have like a, a stellar cast. So you're gonna have good acting in it, as far as that goes.
0: Yeah, they were all great performances. Yeah, some of them, you're right, like Jonah Hill and even Chris Pratt, if you like think back, because Chris Pratt at the time was probably Parks and Rec. Right. I don't remember when Guardians of the Galaxy came out, but he was like this funny guy. Right. And then he has like a kind of, he's not a huge character. He's kind of a small part. Yeah, for him and Jonah Hill both to be in, you know, more serious. I mean, it's a—it's not like a dark, heavy drama, but it is a, I guess, a drama more than a comedy, obviously.
1: Yeah. It's just not, it's not a funny
0: story. It's just a regular story. It's just, it's real life. Interestingly, the Jonah Hill character, I think, is not a real person. He was either, either like totally made up or he's like an amalgamation of actual real people in Billy Bean's life, but it just made more sense to put into one character, which is interesting because, well, you read, I haven't read the book, so this is only what I've heard because from what I've heard in real life, Billy Bean comes up with, Not comes up with, like this is this whole theory that he uses for baseball, like statistics for picking players instead of just this guy gets 300 home runs in a year or whatever. Like this very specific mathematical equation had already existed for a while. And then he just comes upon and decides to actually put it into practice. Whereas in the movie, Jonah Hill's the one who brings it to his attention. So it's interesting that in the movie, they decided to not have Billy Bean discover it himself. Maybe it's just more interesting for there to be another character there than to see him, like, skimming through books. Yeah. You know, and to have him have a, a foil to work
1: with. Right.
0: You know, because Jonah Hill is, like, this really mathematical guy, but he's also, like, Billy Bean has to teach him how to fire right. players without being emotional. And Billy Bean has to learn how to be more emotional. So they, they're they sort of opposites in that way.
1: See, that would be an example also of, like, changes that are sometimes made for film that have to happen or that make sense to happen. Instead of him being a bunch right. of people, you have to have the one person who who either covers a bunch of people or who who does who acts for a certain purpose. That that's more efficient to just be a person, let's say, than you know, like you know, the process of discovery, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I for, I, have, I have forgotten about that because the whole thing with the mathematical thing was like, okay, this guy might not be a star or whatever, but if you look at his numbers, he gets on base more often than anybody else. So we have to right. take we got to take him because. He's actually, his, it, they're, they're looking at the production of the players almost. They're looking at what the numbers that they're producing is, even though that's not putting them in the limelight. So that's part of like that whole no-name thing is that just because a guy's a power hitter, he's going to get a lot of attention because he's hitting a lot of home runs. I mean they could also strike out a lot, but he's going to get much more attention than someone. He's not necessarily getting on base more though, than someone who's just like consistently hitting a bunch of singles. right? This guy will right. always deliver a single or double, which means he's always getting on base. Even though it's not a power hitter or something like that. It's like, yep. a little bit of a simplified, exaggerated thing. But uh, Simplified and exaggerated, but
0: yeah. <laughs> but yeah. The yeah. cool thing about this movie is that you don't have to like or know baseball. I, I You'd have to know the fundamentals. Like, you'd probably have to have gone to a couple of games or played Little League once or twice when you were a kid. But as long as you basically know baseball is an American sport, use a bat, hit the ball, players run around, like, you can enjoy it. Because it tells a compelling human story yeah you know don't have to be a huge baseball fan you don't have to love the a's or anything in particular
1: i wonder if if any other manager in a different kind of uh business has ever tried
0: like if there's a trend if there's Mm -hmm. an
1: adaptation of this approach if if this approach can be adapted to something else um to another to another field or whatever the wording is yeah like i wonder if that's i wonder
0: well basically Baseball keeps like the craziest statistics. Like all sports do, you know, they'll, they'll, like you can hear weird statistics about any sports team or player, but baseball is notorious for every little detail of a player of a team's thing. Like no other team has ever gone three and oh when they played the same team on Tuesdays in three consecutive years yeah. and it rained on only one of the Tuesdays, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. yeah. So
1: yeah. particular. It gets a little ridiculous at a certain point. You're like, Everything is going to become historic if you make up a new statistic about it, right? Like, yeah, I, mean, I guess that's the one yeah. way to keep people busy because because baseball the games get have gotten longer, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So a lot of people can't sit through baseball anymore. So. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you need to have something to keep
0: them all busy. Oh, like our color palette, which right now I'm stuck on blue Ellen. Um, that so far is the fav- my favorite color that we've come up with. I just can't really tell if it would look better as a dress or as a curtain. But I, I do see, and I, I think it brings out uh, the color of your toenails, um, and it really just it changes everything. So that's probably what we gotta get, get working on. Yeah,
1: and I gotta convince Emily to rethink her approach to this color palette thing. So we we definitely have what to deal with right now.
0: Yeah. Well. So thanks so much for listening, folks, and we'll catch you next time. Cheers, everyone. Oh my word! Podcast is brought to you by the pearl clutching
1: basement dwellers at Oh My Word. Follow us on Instagram for updates at Oh My Word Podcast or like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For full episode notes and detail, visit eltenenbaum.com. Music is by Tim Berg. See you next time.